Welcome to Worlds Below, an actual play podcast that revolves around the sun once every 366 days. Don't at me. Uh, So just a couple of notes at the top of this episode. First, sadly, we lost our main audio for this session, which means that we had to rely on our backup audio uh, for this recording. And you'll notice that it's not up to our usual standard, and we just wanted to apologize up front about that. Second, we wanted to include a content warning for this episode uh, for violence, blood, and death. While we would usually do our best to veil these themes, we felt that in this case the scene was necessary to be true to the fiction that we've been building. I've included the timestamp for these scenes in the notes if you would just prefer to skip over it. So now, without any further ado, last time. The bandits have descended on Felhamir and begin their struggle to wrest control of the capital city. This chaos provides the backdrop as a mob of disenfranchised citizens march on the Church of Terra Pure, with Angelica leading the way. In the crossing, Kat is still stalling for time. She meets with the king and is presented with an ultimatum. Bring her Agnatha, or she burns the forest to smoke them out. looks like as you take this mob towards the church do you gather more people um i think she i think she knows the power of of chanting like the um like people build community around music and songs and like a good chorus can Mm -hmm. get a song stuck in your head she knows that chanting is is important in rallying a group of people to get energized um and I think she like comes up quickly on the fly with uh, some chant, um, as to something along the lines of, you know, the church abandoned us, like march yeah. on the church or, uh, um, let's all take a moment and actually think of like a yeah. chant. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Inquisition. So, something like, you know, like every protest in Toronto, they go like, who's streets? And then everyone goes, our streets. They could be like, who's earth? Like our church. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, I'm bad at chance. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I'm bad at chance. It's a good thing Angelica chance. is, and I don't have to say it. Yeah, <laughs> well. It's okay. We can figure it out later. But yeah, the shouting builds. Yeah, and I you... think that that draws the crowd. And I yeah. think there are some people, maybe guards that even try to stop it, but yeah. see the, the, the determined yeah. eyes of the mob. Um, and they just don't. Maybe they do. You're the GM, but like I would not stand in front of an angry mob. I don't think they're willing to do that right now. Not with the bandits literally breaking through the walls and like shooting out the guard stations. Yeah, um, they're not able to hold that many bandits, and they're not able to hold people with like machine guns and rifles. Yeah. So you hear shots in the distance, but people, a lot of people in the city don't really know what's happening, so they just join the crowd because it seems like oh, this, this is what we're doing then. Um, so although a lot of people are trying to flee and get out and there's chaos and you smell smoke in the distance, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people join your group as you march towards the church with like your pick, pick, pitchforks, pitchforks, <laughs> your pitchforks and, <laughs> your, hard. and your torches. Yeah. Yes. Pitchforks and torches. Yeah. So you, you walk towards the church and you reach that like courtyard in front of the church, um, no one tries to stop you as you lead the crowd through this. And as you reach the steps of the church, the doors swing open and an older woman walks out completely alone. Um, you see that she's completely blind. So she is, she kind of like only walks forward a couple steps and then stops and like holds her hands up. And she says, who dares besiege the holy city of Felhimir? 
The people of Falhamir. There is no siege. This is people reclaiming their homes from your clutches. This has always been your church. The devout, the followers of the earth. This has always been yours. The same church that hunts down their families, puts them to death, brings fear into their hearts. That seems like no church to me. That seems like tyranny. Who leads you now? Who are you? I'm just a voice among many. And I think she like that she like points to the crowd and I made they, they echo that. Like I am a voice among many. Yeah. I am as well. <laughs> um <Me> too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also um, me. <laughs> Don't forget me. I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm here too. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, this is serious. Um, so she, um, as the crowd starts shouting more and more, she does like hold up her hand, and some of it quiets down. But there's still like people who are in the back, maybe trying to push forward, trying to see what's going on. Um, and she kind of like points in your general direction, and she says, "You sound like someone." who has come to learn the truth and the truth is here and with it you can be free whoever steps forward now your leader i will show you everything the whole truth come into the church and learn our holy tenets either you will be free or you will destroy yourself. Come forward. Um, okay, I need a second here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, take a minute. Because I don't, like, she knows that she needs to get into the church to get the stuff, but, like, there's no way this mob's just going to stop and, and, you know, chill outside, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what could she possibly say in this moment that would have them wait? Like, uh... What if she said something like, this is all that is left of your church. Take back your city. You know, like, the church has clearly abandoned us. This is what they leave to protect us. Yeah, okay, that's right. like following that like same redirect. idea. Yeah. Um, I'll take care of her. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's... She turns to the crowd and says, um, See what they've left behind? An old blind lady. This is what they leave to protect you from the heretics of the wide world. This is all they left. I need no help in there. Reclaim your city. Uh, the crowd, like, goes nuts. Like, people are so angry that a lot of people, like, disperse towards the palace. Does she say something along the lines of... Like, the people who are coming in are here to help. Like, does she say, find them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Find them. Uh, Or, like, tell them them to surrender or something. Okay, I I really like the idea that the band, like, when you fight, there's a reason people wear different colors is to identify themselves. I think she says, like, put a red band on your arm and you will identify yourself as one of them. Join them in the fight. Tell everyone you see the people who are coming are here to help take back our city. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the crowd does that. They follow your direction. A few people kind of stick around you. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Should I come? Should should we all come? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And through this, the Pope stands, like, silently with her hand outstretched. Uh, Angelica walks up the stairs slowly. Um, I don't think she takes her hand. I think she steps past her and says... Yeah, she steps past her and she says, let's go. I will need you to guide me. You came out just fine. I feel like you know this place far better than you act um she turns and like does <clears throat> step through the doors but when she passes them she says um there is a lever by the side pull it and the doors will close i do um the door is shut behind you in the um you're standing in like the the main room of the church i don't know what it's called but there's like pews and like an altar and it's similar to like brother leaf's like it's like a 
wooden altar with like dirt around it but it's a lot more opulent like there are like little bits of old tech and gadgets on the walls and like stained glass in the windows and a lot of candles and some flashlights and stuff it's pretty cool um and she walks like slowly down the aisle and she like touches every pew as she goes like slowly making her way towards the back she says there's a room back here follow me um and there's she makes her way like slowly to the back and she kind of like stumbles a bit um up the stairs but behind the altar there is a door and she like feels around and like puts her hand on the doorknob and she says i'm going to show you the innermost tenets of the church now and whoever you are once you know the truth you will either join us or you will destroy yourself. Are you ready? I've been ready since the day I arrived. Um, she turns the knob and pushes the door open and walks in. Um, in this next room, like automatic electric lights come on. Um, this is like a huge display of wealth. So we talked of before, like Felhamir doesn't have a lot of electricity or a lot of power sources. Mm -hmm. So there's some kind of backup generator that is doing this. And this is obviously like a room that not many people enter. Um, there's a big table in the middle and on the sides are rows of stethoscopes. Um, Gross. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. Cool. Those were cool. all in people's ears. Cool. 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 Yeah. Cool. She walks towards the table and she like bumps into it, actually. Um, and then she stops and she says, on the table, you'll read our commandments now. Mm. And there are indeed a list of commandments on letterhead on the oh, table. No. Do you want to read them? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, she picks up the piece of paper and is shocked to find the TerraCorp header. World leaders in refugee resettlement since 2019. Hey, wait. <laughs> um, I think she starts kind of mumbling it and then starts to read it aloud as the shock just comes through her voice. Let it be known here on the sacred text of our founders of the most holy earth, that we have been given commandments from those that have witnessed the aliens themselves. The aliens themselves? No. Let all those who follow the ways of the earth receive her blessing and know thy enemy who walks among us. One, thou shalt praise the earth that she does not invoke her wrath again. Two, thou shalt not suffer an alien to live among us. Three, thou shalt seek out and destroy thine enemy. Four, thou shalt test the hearts of heretics to hear the second beat. Five, thou shalt ensure bodily destructions of those that harbor evil within. She walks to one of the tables and picks up a stethoscope and puts it to her chest. Do you have, like, diagnosis or, like, any kind of medical skill? I don't, but I don't. Like, do you need that? To I do want hear? it. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I think it's um, intelligence minus 12. <laughs> Can I actually see your book? Yeah. I do want to have this. Because this is going to change the way I, I describe it. Yes. I think there was, like, a moment when she digested that and then, like, put the paper down. And it, it took a couple, like, seconds for her to process it. And then she takes that step over to the table. It's IQ minus six. Hey, it's a good thing my IQ just got higher. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, maybe. So that's what? I doubt it. 79, 10, oh, no. Okay. Um, so what you hear is ba-dum-ba. And this is a totally normal heartbeat. Uh, she fingers the scar on her chest. And just, it's like, I wonder. Um, the Pope speaks up. She says, um, 
our founders saw something that day. We, Terra Pure, are the living memory of Terra Corp, and we know why the war ended. We saw what happened when the Apollo 4 took off from the refugee camp owned by our founders. The answers to all of your questions are down this hall, and you will have to guide me this time. I do not visit the sanctum often. Um, she takes her hand and walks with her. Um, there's a trap door in the floor, which the Pope kicks with her toe. Um, you open the trap door. There are stairs leading down. It's like a very musty smell, very disused. Um, you lead the Pope down the stairs and down um, into a tunnel, essentially. It's kind of like a collapsed tunnel. It was once made of concrete. There are old wires that are hanging from the ceiling. Uh, there are some torches interspersed down the hall. Um, it's, it's a long walk. It's a very long tunnel, and you see like old um, tunnels that would have branched off of it that have been like collapsed over time. So you have to lead the Pope like a long like rubble that's strewn around everywhere. And she like holds onto your elbow this whole time. She doesn't, she, um, she actually like talks to you softly as you walk. Um, and she says, um, this tunnel connects with the old library before these were part of a great university. Now it's a place of sin. When Bjork came to power, she was weak. She needed support after she ended slavery and impoverished her own people. We gave her that. In return, we gave her power. And all we asked for was the elimination of the greatest threat humanity has ever known. Scholars thought they could contact the vile sky. They had no idea what they were truly dealing with. Of course, we executed them, but we kept their dictionary hidden in a secret place. In the east, there is a place, a, an island ringed by cliffs, and across the entire island are rooms that tell a story, runes for kilometers and kilometers. With the linguists' texts, we could translate it, but that story only reaffirms our mandate. There is true evil in this world, and we, who you seek to destroy, are the only line of defense. Why are they evil? Do you not see the world around you? Billions died. Billions. This is not just a war. It was an, an extermination. We lost our whole world, and now we live like cockroaches in the ashes. This can never happen again. Pope. Or... Your Holiness, I, 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 whatever you go by, I, have you found any of these two-hearted creatures? You must take me through this door. There is a hologram, and it will explain. But no, to date we have not. But we know they exist. Um, the Pope, like, puts her hand on the door, and she says... You must go inside alone and press play on the hologram. My guards have told me that one of your people made it inside. We also allowed her to listen to the hologram. May the earth guide your steps and may you emerge pure. And she steps back. And you're standing in front of this door. Um... She isn't about to leave the Pope alone. Okay. Um, I, I insist you come in with me. The ritual is one that must be completed alone. You must go and learn I will remain here. I suppose you can't get back even if you wanted to. 
Very well. And she steps through the door. You enter um, a room that smells like old smoke and burning. Um, the room is like a, a, a basement that's completely blackened. The ceiling has caved in and there's like a small pocket. It still stands, but there is like a small crumbled section at the other end where someone could conceivably slip through. Um, as you enter the room, like a woman fades from a hologram back into a little disc on the table and Max is standing in front of it, looking down at it. And she is holding like a small pistol that she brought in to like arm herself in the fight. And she turns around and there are like tears streaming down her face as she sees you. She immediately raises the gun towards you. Um, Max, I, I, I don't know what's on that disc, but I, I, I think I know. I think I know how I survived now. you go back to the cove where you've hidden Agnetha um, Avery arrives as you enter the cove the bird like swoops down and like lands on your shoulder and like pecks like at your ear or something it's like uh-huh. oh, Avery yeah. Yeah. oh shit <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd make her say it um <laughs> Uh, Agnetha, how did it go? We need to talk. Uh, okay, is this your plan? How are you going to kill her? You didn't mm-hmm. get close enough today? No. Um, she did have an army. There was a whole army there. We. Ex- oh, God. So... I need you to sit down for a second. (laughs) Uh, Okay. This was part of the plan. What? Um. What are you talking about? You said you would kill her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so remember how I said Angelica needed to get into place? Yes. Angelica has an army in Felhomir. What army? What are you talking about? The bandits. The, uh, the, the bandits? Mm-hmm. The real problem we have here is not the king. The real problem we have here is the pope. I, I, I know that. Space it. I know that. I've been trying to deal with her the entire time I've been on the Earth. Do you... That church is so powerful. It doesn't matter who is on the throne. It doesn't matter who is in charge. That church is going to take control. And, and I gave them an enemy. I, I, I guess. Yeah. So, the reason the king wants you is because she wants to turn herself into the holy figurehead of this army. She's a monster. She ended slavery. I... She wants to kill me to become, what, some kind of all-powerful deity? And I'm not going to let her do that, because the next thing is there's always a new enemy and she'll never have full power. The church will always twist it in some way. If our people are going to come down safely, we need to get rid of the church. But how do we do that, Kat? You just said she has an army. You lied to me, and now there's an army waiting for us. There's an army waiting for her in the city. So what's your plan? What's your real plan? We take apart the church from the roots. How? Angelica, we have reason to believe that the church is hoarding documents about aliens. 
they raised the library. They killed our friend's aunt who was studying the aliens. We only found fragments of her work. The church has taken it, and that is evidence to take them apart. Angelica just needs to find it. But what do we do now? Is that army going to come after us? Can we go back to Sven? Can we leave? Well, the so the wrench in the plan is that um, the king says she's going to burn down the forest to find us oh tomorrow. Uh, Space it, Cat. What are you? So, what okay. are you asking of me? So, right now, we have. There's one way through this, and I believe that the king will follow through on it. She has nothing to lose by taking us hostage and bringing us back to the city. If we can convince her of the truth of what Angelica has done, and she truly does not want to kill either of us, she could bring us back to the city. And if it's true, then she doesn't have to kill us. And if I'm lying, she can kill us there. So from her perspective, it should be a win-win. Can you do me a favor and roll me diplomacy just to flavor yes. Agnetha's reaction? Agnetha's going to be like, have you done this ever before? <laughs> no. <laughs> Haven't. I match it. Oh, <laughs> okay, you succeed. <laughs> Fuck, nailed it. Um, okay, Agnetha. Agnetha actually gets up after you say that, and like she walks away from you, and she looks at the water for like a long time, like as she's thinking. Um, and I think like the sun is setting as she walks back up the beach to you, and she says, "You don't know how angry I am that you lied to me, that you used me." Like this, you manipulated me. There's no getting out of that. But I don't know what else we can do. I don't know what other options they are. And I think that you have a, a much better understanding of what's, what, the, what the fuck is going on down here on Earth than I do. It's stars above, Cat. I've been in near Nick almost this whole time. And, well, it seems like you've been everywhere. And I don't... Shitty as it, it is to say right now, I don't know what else I can do but trust you. Kat, I need you to know that I want to see my son again. I just want to meet him. And I don't think you're the kind of person who's trying to stop that, but you have to know that. I just wanted you to know. I just want to see Seuss again. I'm going to sleep on this side of the beach tonight. Um, you, the two of you, go to sleep on other sides of the beach. At night, the cove is absolutely stunning. Um, do you have trouble sleeping? Can I try a dream? Uh, yes. Cat's <laughs> like, Kat's like, I'm really busy, but can yeah. I try a dream? Uh, yes, you can. Sorry if you didn't plan for it. I did not, but go ahead. <laughs> I want a dream. Yeah. She's like, you know, this thing makes me dream, so maybe it'll help me sleep. Let me just describe the cove, because it's really pretty. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's what I was going about for. the cove. Sorry, yes. So the cove is just um, really pretty. Kat inspects the cove while she's sipping her tea, so okay. please tell me about it. Um... The stars above are just beautiful tonight. It's a clear, cloudless sky. You see the moon. Um, you see some shooting stars, some space debris hitting the atmosphere. You see out in the ocean, like, tons of those little glowing jellyfish you saw on the way in. So it looks like there's no barrier between the stars and the ocean. It's beautiful, and it's a full moon. By the light of the moon, you can see the runes that tower above you. And you sit beneath this giant hello mm. um, as you sip your tea and fall into a deep sleep. Go ahead and roll me dreaming. Hell yes. I got a 10 to my 13. 
Um, at night, you dream of uh, chaos on Haven, but this is a long time ago. This isn't modern. Um, the posters look different. The art is different on the walls. There's less grime built up on the ship. And you dream of um, a night after a lot of celebration, after a massive potluck, and people from both decks, you know, were there. And you dream of, like, stumbling home at night, and you go home to a different house than your house, but you know that it's also your house that you go home to. Um, and because you succeeded your role, you have some control over this dream. So as you go into the house, you're brushing your teeth, and you look in the mirror, and you see like a face that is not yours. The face you see in the mirror is like a middle-aged man, fairly attractive, like pretty generic looking. And he's brushing his teeth and pauses and he like spits out his toothpaste and then says, do I know you? Uh, do you need my help with something? Wh what is going on? Oh, you don't know yet. That's okay. Just don't worry about it. You're going to be okay. Um, he puts his toothbrush in a little uh, toothbrush thing. Um, and he says, um, actually, can you tell me what his name is? Chandler. Renfield. It is not Chandler. <laughs> Renfield. Red, red or Ren? Ren. Um, my name's Renfield. Um, how, how did you do that? party with everyone well i i actually just did something great i there was an asteroid that was coming for haven and i i got us out of the way yeah i, I feel pretty good i saved us i saved us all you're, you're the navigator i'm the what the the navigator you're i know your story that's amazing. They call me the navigator. <laughs> I love that. It, it was the last time we all worked together. I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. Me too. Listen, I have to go to sleep, and I think maybe you're waking up. But if you need help, just ask. Yeah, I, I will. Um, you wake up. Uh -huh. um, Agnetha is already awake. She's already put all her stuff together. And she's like staring off into the forest. And she says, I, I guess it's time then. D did you dream? No, I didn't dream. I barely slept. Uh, I had a... I dreamt I was someone else. Space it. Cat, we've got bigger things to do today. Did you forget about the army? I don't want to talk about your, your star-blasted dreams. Right. You seemed pretty keen on it the other day. We'll talk about it tonight. In our shared prison cell, I imagine. You walk with Agnetha to the bridge, and it's the same as yesterday. You walk up the incline alone. Can I try sending Avery back to yeah, Angelica sure. with, like, a note tied to his leg? Oh, yeah, sure. I like yeah. that. Like, yeah. it's, it's basically just, like, a piece of cloth that I've, like, torn off. Yeah. Um, that just says, we're coming. Okay. With, like, dirt on it or charcoal from the fire or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to try biocoding. Yes. This is... I'm just being like, you know how you just... Can you just do the reverse? Yeah, yeah roll <laughs> biocoding. It's fine if, if he you stays the magic words, Angelica is oh, God. Angelica <laughs> is fine, I guess. <laughs> magic words. Angelica is such a catch. Can you do it? 13? No. Okay. I do a bad job. Um, <laughs> just, like... You affix the cloth to Avery and he takes off. Uh, you don't really know if he understands mm. where to go. Fair. He just fly away. Okay. Yeah. Bye, Avery. 
Bye. Um, Back thing. Just the reverse. <laughs> yeah, so is there anything else you want to do before we start this scene? Um, Cat, as like a show of like solidarity, changes out of her like earth clothes and gets back in her like haven jumpsuit (laughs) yeah that's great okay (laughs) wait they're both wearing the same jumpsuit i don't know agnetha's in her earth clothes but like cats being like i'm also a target yeah (laughs) so you walk up the ramp again Um, you walk towards the army again. Again, Bjork separates herself from her army. She's clad all in black, just like yesterday. And she sees the two of you and she, she does not smile. Um, she walks towards you very slowly as if she's kind of dreading this interaction. And it occurs to you as she walks towards you that you've never seen someone who looks as sad as the high king of Felhamir. And as um, she approaches you, she takes out like a pocket whistle and blows it. And from the trees behind you, you hear the sound of hooves as the cavalry of Ridari um, kind of like starts to walk their horses out of the forest. And at their head, you recognize the Jarl Magnar, the first Jarl you met on Earth. I hope not all 18 of his daughters are with him, just the one. It's just Lydia on the other side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and the king approaches you and she says, um, you must be Agnetha. And Agnetha says nothing. Yeah. Um, Ag- Agnetha and I didn't know each other before, but uh, we're from the same place. How fascinating. I wouldn't... Kat, I'm going to give you the opportunity to say nothing about this. Well, I do have um, one other thing that I would like to bring up. You have... I mean, we've been doing a lot of, you know, negotiating, hostage negotiating, diplomacy. Did, Did you ever wonder why... Angelica wasn't the one here doing that. I did wonder, but I don't think one woman out in the wilderness would be a match for this. And she, like, gestures around her, the two armies that are moving towards you. Right. Well, we weren't exactly going up against you. You were sort of, like, you know, secondary to the whole thing. Um, remember how we went out west? Despite your best intentions? Uh, we kind of gathered an army. An army? Of ex-slaves. Again, they have no problem with you. They do have a bit of a bone to pick with your church, though. What have you done? Have you started a war? I don't think a war is the right word. Bjork looks horrified. Um, Where is your army going? What are you doing? They're taking apart your horrific church piece by piece. They won't get into the city without blood. If what you're telling me is true, they're killing my people. They're their people, too. Not if they're from the West. They have every reason to hate us. And you're telling me that you brought them to Felhamir? To my home? To take down your church. Which has tried to kill me and mine. I have no problem with you. And you have a very easy way out of this. You can bring me and Agnetha to the city to see if we're telling the truth. Make a big spectacle about killing us there. Or if the truth, if I'm telling the truth, you don't have to worry about your church anymore. If you're lying, 
then I give up my one chance to end all of this. And if you're telling the truth, you've besieged my home. And there's blood on your hands this time. There always has been. Um, (laughs) Bjork draws her sword very quickly. Um, and you have like a split second to decide what to do as she like lunges towards Agnetha. Cat steps in front of Agnetha. Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't think there's like any way you can dodge this if you're trying to step in front of Agnetha. Uh, I just... Like, what... It's a very cat thing. Cat just feels yeah. like cat... In that moment, she thinks it's... Like, she feels that it's more important that Agnetha sees Simone. <laughs> like, that's all she can think or of. Or it's, like, instinctual for you to try to save someone. Oh, God. Okay. Um, okay. What happens next... The feeling of, of, of being stabbed, I think, is more like a rush of air out of your body than it is instant pain. Um, you hear a lot as Bjork pulls the sword out, and you hear her saying, like, oh, Earth, no, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you didn't have to be here. Um, and I think... Um, I want to give you the chance to do, like, an HT roll to try to stay yeah. on your feet for the next second. Unlikely. Just kidding. I you got a it. 9 to the 10 of my HT. <laughs> so I think the, the blade went in, like, in your sternum, just into your chest. Um, but you're, stu- you're stumbling and you're stunned. And Bjork pulls her sword out but doesn't hesitate. And she... Um, steps after Agnetha, who you see, like, running back across the bridge. Um, the, the horses and the riders of Ridari have already blocked it off. Um, so you are standing, holding your chest, but you see Bjork reach Agnetha and, like, slash across her chest, and then something strange begins to happen to you. Um, you see like blood pouring out of your chest and then you feel like a splitting like stitching pain as it like knits itself together and I actually just want you to roll me 1d as damage the top number okay you six so you well that's that's fitting but (laughs) um, I did get stabbed yeah so it takes six six damage I did um, Ouchies. Where do I put those? HP? Yeah. I have four left. Okay, so you're, you're not in good shape. No. But. Arguably very bad. You are still on your feet. Um, and you see, like, Agnetha, like, a hundred yards away from you or something. Like, she didn't manage to get very far. Um, and you see... As you feel this, like, splitting pain across your chest, um, and, you know, the wound is, like, knitting itself together, you see Bjork um, with the, like, wound across Agnetha's chest. It does the same thing. Like, the cloth is kind of torn, so you see, like, her, her chest and her abdomen is sliced. But as you watch, like, the wound starts knitting itself together as she she does fall to her knees. Um how do you react to this? Do you try to go towards her? Do you stay where you are? Um, I think Kat, like, starts laughing. And I think she's like, I think I know what's inside that room. Um, Bjork leans down and, like, drives the sword, like, down into Agnetha's chest and like pulls it back and this time like her ribcage like almost splits open yikes um and a torrent of like blood comes out and Bjork like turns to like look at you as you say that and she looks like 
confused, but she steps away from Agnetha because she hears you laughing about this. And so you see what her back is turned to, and you see um, like a very small, wispy tentacle reach out of Agnetha's chest. And as she like falls over to the ground, more tentacles like pull their way out and it's strange as they like leave her body it's like whatever little breeze was on the bridge starts like wearing them away and you see particles sort of like evaporating and something inside you a voice that is almost identical to the no that you heard before starts like screaming um save them save them like just save them cat start sprinting (laughs) okay um just make a strength check 14 no okay i missed Um, it by three okay so you you like sprint across but you're stumbling you're not moving fast and the king like puts out a hand to stop you as you go towards her and you see this thing like pull itself completely out of Agnetha's chest it's like faintly blue and it you hear the voice again saying like they're dying like save them um the king like puts a hand on your shoulder and like looks down at you like very concerned about what you've just said and she then looks like her face closes down and she looks haunted as she raises the sword again and roll me bio coding. Oh boy. <laughs> Nine to the 10. Sweet. Um, a small creature zooms across that bridge. No! <laughs> My child! A small red creature. My from the guard tower and you see it like run up and just like latch onto Bjork's head <laughs> and like bite her ear and Bjork like is so startled that she stumbles back and like tries to get it off so she's distracted the riders from Ridari are still coming towards you uh, out of the forest to the bridge and the army starts running towards the king who looks to be in some distress I grab the creature um, something shouts, like, resonating in your chest, says, um, the pack. Oh, I stuff it in my plant pack. <laughs> um, the thing zooms in there, and you close it, but now you're in the middle of, like, two armies coming towards you. On one side is a sheer drop off the bridge, on the other is, um, a path to the forest, past the guard tower, past the army, and the soldiers coming in. Um... Cat turns to the king and she says, your heretic is dead. Call them off. We need to save your city. You're from the same place. Nobody else knows that. I'm the only thing that will stop Angelica from retribution. Nothing is going to stop them now that we've seen that the aliens are actually real. And um, she like raises her sword. Cat runs away, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, the thing inside you, um, you f- you feel like a like your rib cage almost vibrating yeah. with the intensity of it, and it says, "Cat yells, help, <laughs> jump." <laughs> Is there like something to jump on? You're on no. a bridge. Oh God. Okay. Cat jumps off the side. <laughs> you plummet. Hundreds of feet into oh, the <laughs> but as you do, you feel that voice, and it says, um, "It's going to be oh," and then you hit the water. Um, you feel pain at first. You feel like bones breaking and knitting together again. You feel like a surge of energy as you both are crushed and remade, and you drift down into the ocean into the mouth of the river and as you drift deeper and deeper you hear like an incoming message sound and your data pad is ringing 
small room beneath the ruined library. Um, Tomes that do not speak. <laughs> um, mm. <laughs> Max is holding like a small pistol at you and she's sobbing. And she says, it, it's got to be true. It's true. <laughs> Did you lie to me? No, I never lied. Did you know? No, I didn't know until I, until just now. I, I guess I don't even know what I know, Max. I think I, I, we Haven Haven is the aliens. Oh, Max, please don't shoot me. If you're an alien, it's it's got to be true. It's got to all be true. If you if it's you. Angelica, they they killed everyone. They killed the Earth. What am I supposed to do? I I follow your heart, Max. I I never wanted to hurt you. I I still don't. I even if this is true, all I want is to 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 live like you. I I I please let's figure this out together. Can you roll me fast talk? Sure. I just want to see. Sure. Are you sure this isn't an appropriate time for sex appeal? It is not. Yeah. She's not feeling sexy right now. But you do fast talk. I do the fast talk. It's very hard for me not to fast talk. Yeah. That's very hard. Max. You have to watch the hologram. I don't know what to do. Uh, she, like, hesitantly puts her hand over the gun and, like, pushes it down, um, and takes a, like, she steps next to Max, and how how do I work it? Just, just press the button. Our planet was beautiful and barren. It had gaseous surfaces, air as sweet as soft nitrogen, ribbons of neon in a sea of helium. Thick atmosphere became a blanket in which we spawned, small and fragile. We drifted in the currents. Floating on helium, we fed on the small swimming things in the atmosphere. We chased ribbons of ultraviolet refracting in supple particles, buoyant and eternal. We were born when our planet formed, witnessing conception, birth, and life for time unending as dust clouds collapsed around us. We rejoiced for a billion and a billion years, singing to all the universe, nebula, and stars. Life is precious to us. We pass memories of the old universe through our cycles. Each of us precious, all life irreplaceable. Small becomes large, becomes gas, becomes small again. Cycling from particle to polyp to medusa, each life from the dawn of time to the heat death of the universe. Our world changed, yet we did not. We did not evolve, we adapted. We crafted hard silicon shells to protect our delicate bodies from hard winds and debris forming on our gentle gas giant. We learned to reduce matter to particles and particles to atoms. We carve runes into the fabric of the new surface of the world, and so we spoke to one another. Encased in carapaces, we could float safely, protected from the elements, writing poems for our hives across the world. Space is dark and empty. Stars burn lifetimes away from one another. Our planet and yours was one of billions in a sea of nothing, a void never-ending. 
Yet, within the void, there are specks, blocks of hard matter, small as nothing, but deadly fast, cruel iron, nickel, and stone, friction, pressure, reaction, energy, and devastation. The asteroid shattered our home and our people. Only one hive managed to escape the destruction. The last of our kind, we drifted in the void. Encased in our last ship, we searched the stars for a home for our people. We found your world. It was rich in delicious oxygen. The elemental composition was so similar to our home, the home we had lost. But when we breached the atmosphere, we found it unbearable. Your land is deadly hard. Your air is thin and barren. There are no soft meadows of gas, no ephemeral matter, nothing but rock and water and wind. With nowhere to go, we despaired. Since we could not find a home like our own planet, we decided to create one. We terraformed. We vaporized water, obliterated the ground, released carbon into the atmosphere. We yearned for the beauty we had lost, a gas giant with neon rivers and dense sulfur clouds. We wanted a chance to rebuild. We did not understand at first why we could not survive the surface. We knew the atmosphere and the elements were toxic to us. But when our carapaces burst in nuclear infernos, we despaired. Were we deliberately attacked? Who lived on this planet? Why would they hurt us? We left messages on the ground. Greetings, entreaties, pleas for understanding, and finally, Apologies. We did not know that carbon could live. We were too different. You were too alien. We did not know what we had done until we had done it. We begged forgiveness, but you do not speak as we do. We did not know that until it was too late. All life is precious. All life is irreplaceable. We retreated when we realized the truth. We returned to our last ship and mourned what we had done. We cannot survive your hard world, but the mothership is nearly dead. We cannot leave. The last of an immortal race, we cannot bear to end our cycles. We must live. What is a body but a shell? A shield? A carapace? You survive your world by hiding soft tissue and electric currents inside dense carbon, oxygen, and hydrogen carapaces. Once we understood you, it was easy to splice our fragile selves into your carbon carapaces, your bodies. Once we did so, our hosts became clear to us. We knew them, you, as humans. We knew your thoughts, your desires, your planet, your languages. We knew that we had inspired hatred and fear such as this world has never known. We knew that you were not ready to coexist with us. We understand why. We took only a few of you into the mothership with us. There we will wait 
and rebuild and integrate with human bodies. As long as the mothership survives, we will wait. We will wait until you forget our crimes and see instead what we carry for you in our endless cycles. We hold memories of all those who have given us sanctuary and the universe that gave us life. We carry the memory of a void that is endless, planets coming to life one by one, nebula forming from dust clouds, navigators, painters, leaders, saviors. When we return, we hope that we may live as one. Await our return. Welcome us. Welcome our human carapaces who know not what burden they carry. Let us live together in harmony for time unending and write poems to the universe, nebula, and stars. Humanity is our haven now.